Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We're converting people one stomach at a time to what fresh food can taste like. You use whatever you can use and you respect every bit of it. You know, if it's in season, you use it. We need to study and we need to read and we need to know about our region and what it's doing before we can start putting things on dishes. G'day and welcome to another episode of the Quicksand Food Connection. Today I'm speaking with Stephen Crooks, or as they call him, the Fat Duck. Stephen owns Fat Duck Catering and runs it out of numerous venues in the Southern Highlands. He gave us recipes for the Southern Highlands cookbook from two of his places. One, the restaurant at the Fitzroy Inn in Mittagong and another one from the Old Bank Hotel, which has recently been refurbished and has reopened in Mittagong. Steve's a fantastic bloke. He's a bit of a poet. He likes to chat. He loves his food, and he was really interesting to talk to. He's been a part of the food community in the Southern Highlands for quite a long time. I really enjoyed getting to know him over the couple of days we spent together, and I hope that you really enjoy this conversation with Stephen Crooks from Fat Duck Catering. To kick things off around, you know, what we've done over the last couple of days, we started off yesterday at the Fitzroy Inn. We did. Do you want to tell us a bit about the inn itself quickly? Sure. The Fitzroy Inn was uh, was um, built uh, as an inn in 1836. And um, it was a a stopover point between Sydney and places south, or indeed the reverse if you were going north. Um, I think the fun part of uh, that that history is that the kitchen was was dug in underneath out of sandstone because it was very cool. And uh, it's still there and and very accessible and usable, and it's got a lovely uh, spring-fed well and uh, a big uh, hearth area where the fire was but it also has a jail cell and uh, the shackles are no longer uh, pinned to the wall they're in a photograph upstairs Mm -hmm. for display so the police constables would uh, come down from the Sydney courts on their way to probably Berrimah initially uh, Berrimah jail and they'd stop over at the inn. But, but of course, the poor old prisoners, no such luxury. They were, were uh, taken down into the kitchen area where they could smell all the wonderful smells. And, and I'm sure that there were some uh, voluptuous lady 
cooks in that area, and but they were actually uh, locked up in the cell and or shackled if that's what they mm. it was thought they needed. Um, and then the constables would of course go upstairs and enjoy the the, the pleasures and the comforts yeah. overnight. Um, it also has the uh, just uh, behind the croquet lawn. It has the first tennis court mm. to be built, which has been fully restored, and, and our guests use it. And uh, it, it's just it's just a beautiful property with accommodation. And then, of course, uh, my wife and I uh, manage the atrium restaurant, and um, we do the functions there as well, and uh, weddings, corporate. It's just a, it's a, and it's a beautiful environment to work in. You know, the, it's owned by the Griffin family. They have put a beautiful kitchen uh, in place with, uh, you know, uh, marble centre benches and nice place, nice yeah. office, good beautiful, office. Beautiful, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I said to you yesterday when we were walking around looking at the cell and the well and all that stuff. It feels like a museum, the place. And I guess, um, you know, what you've done with the food and the dining room and uh, and that sort of stuff complements the history of the inn very much. Do you want to just talk a bit about the, you know, you, you said to me that that's that style of place, you know, the Highlands has a big history and you've got to know your clientele and, you know, it's not it's not the type of place where 20-something tattooed hipsters will go um, necessarily and um, you, you've matched the food there to match the clientele and the history of the inn. Look, um, Stefan, that's that's absolutely right. Because I have a history in a previous life of, of marketing, um, my approach to uh, to to Fat Duck and our brand uh, as uh, as caterers uh, and and a, and a team of chefs and cooks is identify your market first, yeah. um, and we. From our very humble beginnings, um, and the Lord knows they were humble, from our very humble beginnings uh, and with tremendous support from the Highlands community, we, I, we identified our market and that was also a lot about probably initially the way I like to work and the style of food I enjoy offering to people. Um, we identified our market as a, a more mature palate, mm-hmm. and uh, and we cater non-exclusively to that market. So a lot of what we do, certainly in the Fitzroy, you know, we offer a balance, uh, not so much ever fusion food. Uh, we certainly aren't involved in alchemy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, chemical cooking. Um, in fact, you, you, you won't see a, a single foam on a plate um, in uh, any of the properties that we're fortunate to manage. Um, what you will see is beautiful organic vegetables from our gardens. Uh, you'll see the very best of them and you'll see them prepared and, and, and plated uh, with a view to exciting all of the senses of our diners and 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 us wanting them to go away uh, my beautiful wife and partner Tina and I wanting them to go away saying 
I remember when, at another time, I had an experience like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, your food is food is often correctly talked about as exciting the senses, but I think there's more to it than that. I think it's actually, I think it's actually stimulating memories, and I think you're also creating moments of history for people where they look back in 20 years and say, do you remember that fat old bald chef with a wax moustache? And do you remember that, that, uh, that Kulubiak that we had that night? And the last time we had that was in Paris 20 years before. Yeah. Um, and I think that you are stimulating and creating memories. Mm, definitely. And it's interesting that you say that because I guess... Um, we don't really realise or take the time to reflect on how many special occasions are shared around a dinner table. It's, it's, it's the standard thing to do on any special occasion is to share a meal between friends and family and loved ones. And as you say, you know, any type of memory can come back from, you know, your 18th or to a 50th to a whatever, to a 70th. Keep, and keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. You know, anniversaries, wedding proposals, all that sort of thing. And they're all shared, and so many of them are shared around tables. So it's great that you bring that in the the memory, the memories, and the nostalgia, as well as the sensory experience that people now talk about a lot. Stefan, I think a, a lot of it, a lot of what we're just discussing at the moment, can be summarised by talking about respecting respecting your diner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tina and I have always come from a perspective of wanting to nourish people. But you're just not nourishing five senses. You're nourishing in a holistic way that person. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have, we have uh, put uh, a, lot of, a lot of our energy into developing uh, that that desire and that want to nourish people to, to you know there is nothing nicer than being in a, a hot kitchen and working and hearing chatter and laughter and it is the measure of what you're doing in the kitchen mm-hmm. if people are stimulated and jovial and buoyant and and in good humor then it's not all about the food you're serving. It's about the atmosphere you've created. It's, sometimes it's almost, I think, um, it's almost about empowering people to really let go and enjoy that moment. And, you know, the next day they may wake up and they may go to a job which they may or may not enjoy particularly. They may have stresses at home. They, you might have teenage children. There you are. There's stresses at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the time they're in one of our dining rooms, we want to free them to just, just feel that they are absolutely important and free to enjoy themselves yeah. in every way. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, as, as you say, and as many people approach it now and as they should, you know, it's not just about the food. Um, 
But in our case, a lot of it is about the food because we're making a cookbook. And the lovely dish that you gave us um, from your restaurant at the Fitz was a beautiful pork belly dish. Do you want to tell us a bit about the dish? Look, it was a it was a lovely a lovely dish. Um, uh, Chef Snowy. Um, and uh, you know, you look at the photograph, and you can see why he's referred to as Snow, and you can and and he enjoys that that <laughs> name. Um, Chef Snow brought a number of ideas to me because you you know my role isn't to uh, to in any way monster or dominate a kitchen. It is in fact again to empower everybody that is in the team. Um, and he brought a number of ideas and we worked through those ideas and and the dish that we decided on is again a very comfortable dish it's it's comforting um it 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 looks lovely on the plate it is a a a very slow cooked uh and it's a two-day process a very slow cooked well in the kitchen it's a two-day process it doesn't have to be a slow cooked piece of of beautiful pork belly uh, with the with the the crackling the skin off, and we serve that quite simply uh, on a bed of braised wombok, Chinese cabbage. All these ingredients are available to everyone mm-hmm. uh, at their local their local store or shopping centre or supermarket, um, or perhaps even a local grower. Mm-hmm or a market and then we then placed uh, some beautiful um, in that case shishimi grade scallops with the row on Um, and then we had already prepared a a thick glassy tamarind jus which we, we, we put over the top of the dish Umptious and, and and comforting and stimulating and lovely, um, yeah. but something that uh, anyone that enjoys a kitchen can replicate. A hundred percent. You and don't. Yeah. Simply delicious as well. I mean, you know, being in my twenties and trying to have my finger on the pulse of what's going on in food a bit, I kind of sometimes feel like I try to seek out what's on trend and stuff that's really you know a bit out there and you know when you get when you get a plate of pork belly with a beautiful you know sour but rich tamarind jus and some fresh scallops you can't beat it you really can't beat it (laughs) well look um you know it's beautiful i've said you you know as we've worked again today together you know they're really there really is no such thing as, as ever as perfection, um, and it's you know it's it's something that you you perhaps strive for, but you must I think in every endeavour you must accept that if you ever actually think you've got to that point, then you have completely lost grip of all of your senses. Mm-hmm. Because you would then assume that there's nothing. No, nothing more to get up for, to strive for, to reach for. Um, it's a lovely dish, and uh, you know, each time it, it goes onto a plate, 
it's the best you can do. And whether you're at home doing this for your family, whether you're doing it for a partner, whether you're doing it for a group of friends, you're just going to do the best you can do. And that's what it's going to be on the day. And and uh, and I think that uh, that Snow, Chef Snow, just you know, I think Chef Snow excelled with that dish yesterday. Definitely, yeah. And, uh, and I was very proud. So when, like, when you develop that dish, or when you develop the menu for a place like the Fitzroy, um, is it is it a collaborative effort between yourself and 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 the chefs and everyone sort of? has an ability to sort of throw their two cents in. Yeah, no, we're an absolute team. Yeah. Um, There is... um, Perhaps because of my my background outside of of food and hospitality, uh, I came to understand a very long time ago that um, you have to empower the people around you for yourself to grow. You know... Growth is only possible um, through, in real terms, through the success of others. And uh, you know, if if you see yourself in a a management role or in uh, a kitchen, if you see yourself as a head chef or an executive chef, then unlike we see sadly on television, but it is just television, uh, your role is actually to enthuse and grow and complement and encourage and empower everybody in your team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, mistakes are opportunities to learn. Mm-hmm. Great. And, uh, and that's very much how my wife and I look at every day. And it's, and it's the, how you get the best out of your staff as well at the end of the day. Uh, absolutely. And, yeah. uh, you know, so, yes, dishes, menus... Uh, at the Fitzroy, we changed uh, our principal menu uh, once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is an absolute collaboration. We sit down with with uh, a, a small glass of soft drink. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we sit down and uh, we enjoy a, a couple of beverages and we make an afternoon of it quite yep. often at, at our home. And we work through a menu and we may not get it completely right that day, but but we'll get it to where we think it can be and should be mm-hmm. uh, as a group. Yeah, um, great. And um, each, each, you know, we're blessed with more than one venue. Each venue has a, a very different style. I guess moving on from there, we find ourselves in a grand front room at the old mm. bank hotel mm. post a big major refurbishment. Yeah, it, it's you know, and this is just this is a, an amazing, unique property. The old bank private boutique hotel in in Mittagong, uh, built I believe in eighteen ninety as the CBA Bank. Yeah. And as we sit here, of course, we're looking at a very very heavy vault door, uh, and it's been restored, uh, really square centimeter by square centimeter to what it is today um, and it while it won't open to the public um, at any time it will it will be a, a, a purpose-driven private hotel um, and it will be it will be 
uh, and its menu will reflect the ambience of the property, it will be here for its, as we like to call them, its residents. So those people that choose to come and spend time here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and its residents guests in its private dining room. And uh, it'll do, it will do uh, again uh, on the basis that, that people choose to, to stay in, in this beautiful uh, space. It'll do corporate work and it will do very intimate uh, private functions, very small intimate weddings. And um, Tina and I are, are again ever so fortunate to, uh, to be the resident chefs here at the Old Bank. And its, its food is going to be fairly strictly a reflection of this comfortable, uh, I, I don't like the word luxurious, uh, but certainly, you know, reasonably opulent mm. surroundings. So again, I get to do that 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 lovely style of food with my my wife, uh, like we enjoyed today. You know the, um, and you're going to laugh if I say the word incorrectly, aren't you? Because I. <laughs> Because my wife laughs me all the time. Uh, we did, you know, a lovely, a salmon dish, a, a kulibiak, and uh, a royal kulibiak, indeed. And we did that pretty much the way the Russians did it, yeah, you know, yeah. so long ago. And then, of course, the French took the dish uh, as they do, as their own. <laughs> uh, but it was definitely a Russian dish, and. Uh, and it's it's just it's a celebration of ocean run salmon, and um, you know that salmon is encased in in a lovely seasoned rice, and uh, you know I I then choose to put some of our fresh organic spinach from the garden over the top of that, and then sliced rounds of boiled egg, mm-hmm. which. You know, we sort of see coming in from that Russian influence. Of course. And then the whole thing is encased in puff pastry. Again, this is very much a dish that anyone, summer, winter, any season through the year, can comfortably manage and and put on a table very successfully. Mm-hmm. It's, um, well, I mean, you, you saw it today. I, <clears throat> Each time I cut into a kulibiak, you know, I said to you, you know, the, the fun thing about this kind of cooking where, where the, the meal is encased in an envelope of, of pastry or whatever, you'd never really know whether you've, you've, you know, you're close to nailing it yeah. until you make that cut. And of course, with, with something as beautiful as salmon, what you're looking for is still that very pink, moist mm-hmm. red centre. And you know, in the recipe that we've written, I haven't, I haven't necessarily said this. I don't think, but there is a trick to that, and yeah. there's often always tricks. And the trick to to getting the pastry a lovely, lovely golden brown colour, but still having the salmon nice and pink and moist in the middle is, is very simple. 
you you simply put both the rice and the salmon separately into your freezer. Yeah. And you take them down to the point where they're almost ready to start freezing. Then you assemble your dish and your rice feels quite grainy and stiff, but that's because it's not undercooked. It's just on the point of freezing. Mm-hmm. It forms a protective coating around your salmon. Your salmon is sitting at one or two degrees at best. So then when the whole thing is assembled and popped into the oven, of course, the pastry is cooking, you know, and you've got an oven quite hot, sort of 190. Um, The pastry is cooking along beautifully and browning up and puffing up. But because your salmon is coming from such a low temperature, it actually comes out exactly as you want it. And you nailed it today. Perfect. And I think... Yeah, never perfect. Well, not perfect, but I mean, the color when you cut into it is is exactly what you're looking for, basically. And it's it can be tricky, as you say. You've got some tricks, but you know, when you've got all those different elements going at the same time, it's um it can be hard to get that perfectly cooked piece of protein in the middle there. I I might say, Stefan, that um, if you apply the exact same technique to a beef Wellington, yeah then you don't, as some recipes will urge you to, you don't have to put a pancake, you know, between, you know, the, the pate and the beef and the pastry uh, to suck up juices. You don't have to do any of those things. You just have to leave the whole uh, inside, if you like, in a freezer and bring the temperature right down. Mm-hmm. And what you'll come out with once it's rested on the bench is you'll come out with beautiful um, medium rare beef, mm-hmm. pink and umptious and gorgeous, you know, with all its juices back where they belong. But your pastry, like today's Kulibiak, your pastry will still be puffed and crispy on the base. Yeah, It won't be soggy. And, you know, it's this was taught to me a long time ago by a chef who was a considerably elderly man. In other words, when this was taught to me, he was probably my age now. Mm-hmm. And I'm now looking at myself thinking, I'm not old. Why did I think that man was so aged? You know, he wasn't old. He was only sort of 60-ish. And here I am saying the same thing to you. Yeah. So there you go. But uh, look, yeah, a, a bit of a trick. Uh, but then again, it's just something that you don't see written down. So, and, and, and these are the things I think that cookbooks need to share. Yeah. We need to, to tell people that, that buy the cookbooks, that buy these cookbooks. And, you know, my lovely Tina, you know, we've got an enormous library of cookbooks because she just adores them. Whereas I tend to search online, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a Google man. Yeah. I download my cookbooks, but Tina won't have any part of that. Um, but so often when you look at a recipe and you follow it strictly and it just doesn't quite come out the way you feel it should have been, I think it's because there is a technique that isn't explained. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's because Techniques are hard to explain. I don't. Yeah, I haven't. You know. I guess it's also it. a, like a sense thing and a feeling thing. And so much of what chefs do is about 
the experience of running something hundreds and hundreds of times when you know that a touch of that you know lamb fillet or whatever it may be you know exactly how it's cooked just just from that so it is look it, it one of the uh, and a japanese master many years ago uh, taught me to roll my very first nori roll and he must have spent an hour just talking to me about the uh, the seasoning for the rice yeah because that was to him and i agree an absolute principal component mm. in the making of a nori roll yeah. a sushi roll as people often now call them and then the next important process other than obviously the absolute freshness of the ingredients was the tension as you roll it with the rolling mat mm. the tension was everything and you know and he was a wonderful person and he's now globally famous japanese chef which you know not for me to mention um but in a cheeky way he would slap my hand <laughs> because i didn't have that tension and we just kept going over it and over it until eventually he said close your eyes stephen and just feel don't look and he was right and eventually i got it close to being right mm-hmm. and uh of course that making sushi rolls is is where fat duck started in the highlands yeah do you want to tell us a bit about that that's oh. an interesting story oh that's a bloody scream yeah um i had retired from my uh corporate life um and it was always seen as my intention to cook and i had cooked as a young man i'd spent 6 years in a perth uh they were bakeries in those days pie shops um uh, making eventually once i was tall enough to uh see over the top of the bench um making pies and pasties and sausage rolls and lamingtons and vanilla slices and decorating cakes and uh i did that for some 6 years and uh while i was at school and then later in the beginning of my tertiary education and then uh i cooked i traveled and cooked i told a fib said that i was a chef where in fact i was you know essentially i was a pastry chef um and i got broader experience and then i immersed myself in in a in a corporate life uh but continued cooking and the love of my life my my beautiful partner and wife Tina um when we met we talked about the future um because we were both probably doing things that weren't exactly what we wanted to do and it happened to be that she was as passionate about food and produce and cooking as I was so so that that started it and um and it occurred to me in the highlands that that i mean there was one and there is really still one principal japanese restaurant a wonderful restaurant but you couldn't buy uh, a sushi roll lunch pack not if your life depended on it so i started making sushi rolls at home and uh i 
put them on my little motor scooter. I hung them on in in uh, plastic bags in their Chinese containers off the handlebars. I had them hanging off my arms. I had them in the top box, and I used to go out and pedal them around the highlands to cafes. And uh, much to my horror and and surprise, they sold. And uh, we ended up doing more than 200 pieces every morning. And obviously they wouldn't fit on the motor scooter anymore. So uh, we had to uh, pack them in chill bags and boxes. So that's where we started. But then, of course, you know, that was through summer in the Highlands. And winter was coming. And, you know, I sat down with Tino and said, well, we'll still sell a little bit of sushi, but not like we do through the warmer months. And uh, a dear friend of mine, Howard, I was talking to him about this, this, this you know, potential problem that was coming along with the change of seasons. And his words were just, Stephen, stick to your knitting. Where did you start? We started making fat duck pies, a range of pies, and they then we, we were distributed by two or three distributors onto the south coast, throughout the highlands, down into Canberra and in uh, southern Sydney. And so it went on, and I, you know, I won't bore you with that, um, but it, it was an amusing start. It wouldn't have been possible, in our opinion, if it wasn't for community support in the highlands. And I might also say, not just community support, you know, there's two or three chefs down here that really gave us a, a big hand and a big leg up. Um, and and we're forever grateful for that. Um, you know, I, I remember going in when a, 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 an absolutely wonderful chef in the Highlands uh, who um, was preparing duck, confit duck. And I've done very little confit work. Um, and he said to me, he said, you know, Stephen, he said, uh, well, I actually said, you know, Rob, this is the best confit duck I've, I've probably had. And he said, would you like to learn how to do it? He said, come in to my kitchen at, tomorrow night at 6.30. He said, I'm prepping 10 ducks. And he openly shared his lifetime experience and gave me some of his beautiful duck fat and duck stock, mm -hmm. his master stock to take away. And he shared the technique with me openly. Yeah. And, uh, of course... You know, the, the, the uh, fat duck, fill me a duck, and uh, mushroom tunnel uh, shiitake mushroom pie mm -hmm. came from there. And uh, it's something we, we now make really just by request. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a staple in that range. And interestingly enough, you know, we, while we no longer wholesale because with the restaurants and the catering and the, and the venues... Uh, it would be too much. We, we, much to our pleasure, we 
do supply the Rooty Hill RSL. Great. With 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 their another place with a lot of history. With their pies. <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <laughs> that's right. And uh, you know they you know it, it, it it's an enormous place. I haven't spent a lot of time in RSLs. Um, but you know it's like a casino and there's five or six restaurants in there and and there it is, you know, there's, you know, fat ducks pie on the menu. <laughs> and uh, so look it's been it's been and continues to be a wonderful journey. Um, we don't ever, you know, I wake up very early each day because I go to bed very early each night. And we sit and have a cuppa and we talk about our, our adventure. Um, neither of us ever look at each other and say, it's time to go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, people say to me, you know, what are you doing? I say, well, I'm, I don't work. Because it's just such a pleasure, you know, and... I, uh, I've got so much time for people who, who choose to come and dine with us or choose to come and have a drink and chat and, and talk about their experiences. Um, it, 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 if, if I had my way, I would be saying to every young person out there, have a great look at, at food and hospitality for the future. And... Uh, I just think it's the, the process of nourishing people. Mm-hmm. I think that um, it's a wonderful thing to do. Mm, fantastic. And, uh, you know, I have no intention of stopping doing it. That's great. And, I mean, the Highlands, I guess, is a small region and it's got a lot of history. And, you, you know, as you've explained to me, the history of the dishes... Um, you know, things like Kulubiak and you talk about beef wellington, big dishes like that. You're here in the Highlands in, you know, the Old Bank Hotel and in the Fitzroy Inn and, you know, you've got a definite place in those things and it, I, I think it suits Fat Duck so well. And um, it seems that you've got a fantastic community around you as well of, you know, producers and other chefs amongst we, amongst you. It, it, is a, it is a wonderful family of artisans, um, people who like Tina and I and our team who are living this it's not something we're doing there's no separation uh, one doesn't think of your private life and then a working life mm-hmm. you you know we all have one life and this is part of it I mean I you know I'm anticipating this season you know our truffle season this year um, you know, I'm I'm constantly looking at cheeses that are being that are being created. Um, you know, at, at at pig at you know at I buy my garlic from a young man whose family is a major poultry farmer in Maroolan, mm-hmm. but he grows garlic and he grows Italian style purple garlic, and while not certified, he grows it organically. And he brings it to me in boxes, and I, I buy, you know, 10 kilos, 15 kilos at a time. And, and it's just so sweet and sharp and fresh and beautiful. And, mm. you know, and I, I get excited, you know, and I, I confit some of it and, and uh, I roast some of it and I keep some of it just fresh in the skin. And, you know, it's. It's exciting, and and the young man who's in, I guess, his very early twenties, uh, 
he's excited when he presents it to me. <laughs> and it's a celebration of the garlic. And yeah. he probably doesn't understand that I'm also celebrating him be- because of his passion. Yeah. Um, and of course, a story for another time is our other beautiful property, which is Ealing Forest. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and in that story, you know, for another time, I'd have to talk about the ghost of Ealing Forest. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I think we've talked a lot and there's plenty more stories to come. There's lots of history in the Highlands. And um, you talked before about the, the man who shared his comfy technique with you, you know, unselfishly spreading the word essentially and you've done the same with us for this book so steve thanks so much for being a part of it and being involved it's great to have you we're we're humbled and we we thank you very much thank you for joining me for this episode of the quicksand food connection i hope you enjoyed my conversation with steve crooks from fat duck catering he's a really good guy and i enjoyed getting to know him if you want to find out more about fat duck catering you can go to their website which is fat duck P-H-A-T-T-D-U-C-K dot com dot A-U or you can find them at Fat Duck on Facebook. That's P-H-A-T-T-Duck. If you want to find out more about Quicksand Food, you can go to our website, quicksandfood.com. There you can also download every episode of the Quicksand Food Connection podcast, the Southern Islands edition, for free. If you want to find us on social media, we're at Quicksand Food on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you want to buy a copy of the Southern Highlands cookbook, you can find them in good bookstores and on our website, quicksandfood.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll check in with you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.